Is this thing on? Where do I start? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Jim. Mate, thank you for having me on. Thanks for having me back, Jim. Thanks for having me, Jim. I. Good, Jim. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Jim. You've uh, you finally reeled in the big fish. Yeah, g'day, fellas. Let's just <laughs> get straight to business. <laughs> Jack Sheridan, row, row, row your bottom. Coach William Fisher of Fish Dog Squadron, trademark, established 2009. My name's Jack Nichols and I coach Jaden Khan. Jesse Livermore, head coach of Narcolepsy FC. Elliot Morris, coach and spiritual leader of Crippers Cuties. George Stewart, coach of V7 Handheld Hebbles. James Browning, coach of Farmageddon. Ollie Hicks, head coach of the 2020 Premiers, the Buzz City Bellends. Buzz, buzz. My name's Don Baker, and I coach the Carl Nankfords. Josh Morgan, the Swan and Peters. My name's Jared Tindall, and I'm the head coach of Shooter 109. My name is William, grand finals horseful, and I'm coach of the three-time grand finalist, reigning champion, everyone's favourite team, Balls of Steel. This is future Hall of Famer, current coach of the male chauvinists, and face of the league, Lachlan Crawley. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, and what a pleasure it is. Welcome to the Denver Terrace Drafts Den for a very special grand final episode of the Daft Drafters podcast. We have so much fun in store for you with this episode, but first, we're going to start on a more serious note. What I'm about to play for you is a formal statement that we have just received from the League Commissioner. Here it is now. Good morning. I am here today to issue a sincere and heartfelt apology. To the coaches of the Daft Drafters Herald Sun KFC Supercoach Draft League, to their partners and to their families, to the fans of the league and of the TDD podcast, both within Australian borders and internationally, I am sorry. To the league sponsors, volunteers and those looking up to the Daft Drafters competition as a role model organisation, I am sorry. In season 2022, (laughs) your league commissioner has been unforgivably absent. There were no round previews or reviews posted in the group chat each round. No match alerts for close matches. Sorry. No close match alerts mid-round. No reminders or incentives to engage in team-to-team trades. And worst of all, no podcasts. For that, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
As the great Jenny Williams preaches, the best approach for dealing with a failure is one excuse, two new plans. In season 2022, I was ruined by my commitments as a student. I simply couldn't handle the workload. There's my excuse. My first new plan is to never go back to uni. My second new plan is TBC. I sit here today to make a commitment to all of you. A commitment to be better. In season 2023, I will be better. I promise. This off-season, I will go away and spend some time with my support network, who I owe a great deal to, and I'll commit to learning and becoming a better person. I look forward to cultivating a fantastic draft league experience in season 2023. Thank you. A very heartfelt apology there from your league commissioner. But now that we've got the serious stuff out of the way, the fun can begin. You may remember that earlier in the year I had promised a big, big surprise to be revealed at the mid-year event. Well, due to that event never actually happening, the surprise was never revealed. Until now. I'm sure you all remember Ollie Hicks's 2020 premiership song for the victorious Screamer Johnson's 18. Well, stand by for William Horsfall's Hudson's Hornets 2021 Premiership Song. Well, there's a big, big score from the horsey who's yours. It's a score from the Hudson's Hornets. You see the guns are playing, the Yassi tons they're claiming for the nest that is the Hornets. We win the contest ball and we use it well. We score more than the rest. Where will Horsefuls Hudson's Hornets? We enjoyed winning that big check And we will always draft well And be clutch in finals We score more than the rest There you go, horse. I hope you enjoyed that performance in celebration of the 2021 The Daft Drafters Premiership. We're now going to jump into the next segment where I've got two familiar and loyal friends of the show on for a chat. Introducing your three-time grand finalist, 2021 Premiership winning coach, the man in the midst of a self-proclaimed dynasty with a season average score of 989 points, William Horsfall. Jimbo, good evening to you. Um, pleasure to be back as always. Looking forward to diving into another exciting grand final matchup against my uh, bit of foe, El Crawley. Speaking of that man, El Crawley, please join me in welcoming... Two-time grand finalist, two-time the Darf Drafters leader for total points, two-time minor premiership winning coach 
and self-proclaimed future Hall of Famer with a season average score of 1,084 points, Lachlan Crawley. Yeah, great to react, Jim. You know what? I've been missing these podcasts, so <laughs> this brings me a lot of joy and hopefully this year I, I end up with the chocolates. Oh, good. Good to hear. Well, I'm glad glad you've been missing them. Hopefully they'll be back um, in greater number in season 2023. Yeah, um, have, you got your, uh, have you got your thesis done yet, Jimbo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, submitted that one a few weeks ago, so we're all in the clear. <laughs> Jim, Jim, I was just going to say quickly, I wasn't sure if you boys wanted to refer to me as Clarko or Sheeds tonight. Just None of those things will be happening. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Three grand finals in a row. Just keep that in mind. Mm, yes. Have you, have you done three in a row? Yeah. Yeah. Three big dances that in a row. Just, that is disgusting. Has never been an indictment <laughs> on the rest of the league. This is horrendous. Never running up each grand year. Final. Never missed a grand final as horse. Just love the final week of the year. <laughs> I, um, so I've, I've tried to come up with some different questions to what we did last year just to avoid a bit of monotony. But I do want to run through some similar stats. Um, just looking at your your home and away record, it is eerily similar to... Oh, we can, we can skip this, Jim, I think. Hey? Skip this part. I think we can skip this part. <laughs> yeah, I know why you want to skip it. Um, I'm sure you'll want to hear this, Crawley. So, yeah, go on. A record of 11 and 7 for Horse versus um, 14 and 4 for Lockie Crawley. Um, very, very similar to last year in that, Crawls, you were the dominant force, probably even more dominant this year than you were last year. Um, and look, horse, you've actually, I reckon, had a, had a stronger season. Like last year, you were very much, you know, battling through, and you know, we we talked about on the podcast that blue collar, nose to the grindstone sort of operator. But um, you know, I think you're a bit more polished to you this year. <laughs> yeah, well, this year I had the luxury of having a pretty early pick and just sort of riding the wave of Tuke Miller um, for most of the year. As last year, I think my first two picks were Fife and. Uh, Dangerfield and both of them pretty much missed the whole season so I was just literally battling every single week yeah. so uh, yeah Took was certainly uh, my shining light and and um, he took me many victories this year which sort of kept me uh, towards the top of the ladder yeah yeah he ended up finishing fourth and obviously Crawls was in first spot um, in terms of your scoring Crawley you had a ridiculous year um, oh, my, my boys were massive this year. Like so, straight from the set from the draft, there was just every week was a thousand. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd drop below well, except I'm, the buy I'm, about, I'm about to go through exactly that. So scores of a thousand plus, you had 14 out of the 18 home and away rounds were a thousand plus. The first two of the ones that you missed a thousand were in the buy rounds, so rounds 12 and 14. And then the last two of the four that you missed a thousand were in the last two home and away. So up to round sixteen, with two two rounds left in home and away seasons, you'd only gone under a thousand twice, and they were both by round. Yeah, three piggish. Yeah, yeah no, the boys. <laughs> at at that point, at that point, you you'd only lost two matchups um, in the head to head format. The first matchup was against Farmageddon 
in round yeah, look, No, here we for go. For those who are listening to this, has to inject himself. And, and, and the, the, the <laughs> matchup also against Farm again. <laughs> was it? Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> why, why isn't this Farm again lad in the final then? What happened to his season? <laughs> I was about to say. It's weird that I'm playing horse in the final then. Yeah, bizarre. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of finals, you, you didn't have a perfect run, Crawley. No, I didn't. The, you know what? I was pretty confident that I'd make it to the granny, but the boys just sat it down. Week. A lot of injuries hit it once during that week. And then who was it? Was it? Did you beat me? Was it you, Jim? No, nah, it was Horse. Did Horse, did you beat me the first week? Yeah, I beat you in the first week. So, yeah, so I didn't. I want a bit of a bogey side for you. The last two times you've come in, in finals, I've got you. I so was head, head to head, head to head, Crawley. Uh, so you two only played twice this year. Um, Crawley, you won in the home and away year, in the home and away season, sorry. Um, and then obviously, Horse, you got him in the in the first week of finals. I didn't, mate. I didn't even, I didn't even notice. I was just so confident <laughs> I'd make the grand final, but I didn't even look at my team. For the first <laughs> what do you mean you didn't notice? You were, you were bloody chirping me after the first round, saying, "Was oh, I?" Yeah, you. Like, <laughs> shut up. You were certainly were shocked, as was I. Um, but I was just stoked because if you can avoid that, like if you win in the first week and you avoid the next week, that's just sort of like a huge advantage because yeah. anything that happens the following week in the finals. So. Um, getting that yeah. trip straight through the prelim was massive. Yeah. Yeah, it does help. My team in particular. Do you, do you happen to remember how you scored in that week that you missed? Uh, oh, um, no, I don't know. Nah. I think I just put, put the feet up uh, that week. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. So, Horse, you actually pointed out a very interesting stat to me during the week. Um it's a it's a final stat and and it's very interesting. So after the 2020 grand final, I was clipping you about you know choking in finals and whatnot, um, and you've oh, you've taken it personally. You've really bounced back with your finals record since then. T- tell us about your record against Crawley and I in finals. Uh, yeah, so going into uh, this grand final, um, Farmageddon and Crawls is uh, probably the two best teams I would say over the last. Uh, two seasons, and I'm four zero against them in finals. So uh, if you win the granny, you'll be five and zero against Crawley and I in finals, <laughs> which is staggering. Um, but I guess playing on Crawls is mine at the moment. I think yeah, you forgot it's that he lost in the up finals stats. and going. Had, had I'm not going to lie. Last week had his, had his bid week last week. <laughs> I was um, speaking of Crawley being nervous. I was looking at I was looking at the waiver wire. This week, and, and who you guys might have picked up and whatnot. Crawley, it, it seems to me like you might be getting a bit nervous. You've picked up George Hewitt on Tuesday and proceeded to, to, to drop him for Jaden Stevenson. Yeah, no, on, no. Okay, let me finish. And then let me. Steve No, I'll just tell you what's happening. Poopole loophole for Hewitt. Picked him up. Thought, great, Poopole loophole job. Then <laughs> Stephenson, I was like, horse played him the other week. I'll pick him up just to block him. And then it all came down to it. I was getting too strategic. I thought, what is this team built on? And it's built on heart. So I went the morale pick and picked up Ben Cunnington for the final. Because yeah. just if you can see him off in a premiership in the Kangaroos, if it comes, when are, when are North playing? If it comes to Sunday night and I've got it locked up, which I should have, Ben Cunnington's going to run on the, on the field. I'm going to play him as well. 
Jim, it sounds it's like all, football. It's a morale piece. Super coach all week, just hours on end, just smiling over it. He's very on edge. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think you're in his head, Hornsey. <laughs> yeah. Guys, there's, there's nothing wrong with having good morale about the club. And that's what my team is um, really built on. Because after week two, I saw I had such a good team. And I didn't look it for the rest of the year because I just left it up to the leaders of the club to get me through the finals. And that's what's happened, really. Did you have any so injuries this year? That, because I remember last year you were incredibly lucky with your injuries with key players. Did you have any this I year? had no. Dugowie. But it's not really an injury. He's just a scumbag. So, yeah. But he was the only one I really missed. Um, yeah. Withered, I've had with him, but he didn't get picked. I did go. Well, he's last, he's averaging 80. So I wasn't really going to, I haven't been playing him, but yeah. the last two weeks, he's averaging like 95 or something. He's been playing really well. So we'll see. He might get a run for grand final day, but depends what I, my principles as a man, whether I play him or not. <laughs> That is, that might be what it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought he was weird. He played really well last week. I think he had a goal in 25, but only scored 98 super catch. So he's a bit of a butcher with the footy. and doesn't. Really yeah, the week before he had 100. And he yeah. was, so we'll see. But I've also got Lipinski, so it's between him and Lipinski who gets a run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just one last thing um, on the power of the male chauvinists in 2022. So not only did you score 14 out of 18, 1,000 plus, you also had eight times you went 1,100 plus, including including three 1,200 plus, and that also included a whopping score of 1,344. Oh. <laughs> what round is that? <laughs> That was round 11, just before the buys. Jesus Christ. Because I was thinking this round of finals just gone. I thought, geez, I think I've gone 1,200 or something. I thought that might be the biggest score all year, surely. Yeah, that was and 12. I was thinking, 11. who else? Yeah. And I was thinking, who else has gone that big? Yeah, 1,270. How many scores to cut my tyres up, Jim? Um, you, you did. I can't remember exactly how many times you went 1,000 plus. Last year, but I, I reckon you've done it more times this year. You went up, you went thousand plus yeah. ten times, um, yeah. and you went eleven hundred plus three times. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, no, There's a bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah, well, I do eight. Yeah, yeah. No sweat, morale. <laughs> that's that's all it comes down to. Um, but yeah, in, incredible consistency. To be honest, um, mm. thanks, Jimbo. Talk to me about Darcy Fogarty versus North Melbourne this week. Bit of a no-brainer, really. He, he has scored 100 last week against West Coast. North giving up big scores, obviously. Uh, it's in Adelaide. The Fog, I don't know what he's over. Like, he's over under for goals. It's probably two and a half. So I would have thought at a minimum he's going to kick two. I watched a fair bit of that Adelaide-West Coast game last week, and he, he's moving pretty well, and they do share around with him and Walker up forward. So I have, do have to take a bit of a risk. Um, as coming in as the underdog, can't just play it safe and play Robbie Fox again this week. <laughs> so, as much as I might just sit Rob on the pine, he's a great, he's a great, um, as Crawl said, a culture man. Uh, so, no, I'm hoping Fog pigs out a little bit, kicks three or four, and jags me like a 110, might poop hole loophole him uh, on the Saturday afternoon. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, 
Now, I'm not sure if you've had time to, to have a look through for an answer to this question. Do you have a mm. favourite win from your home and, home and away season? I did have a quick chance to have a glance back at the year. And funny enough, round two, <laughs> I came up against your mob, Jim, Farmageddon. <laughs> And uh, it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon. We're at the Richmond Club Hotel on Swan Street celebrating my birthday with a few beers. And I got to watch my boys score 1,115 and knock you off in round two. Oh, um, you were, someone went huge in that game, did they? To like, uh, you, I remember you had Gresham and you needed him to score 100-odd and you couldn't quite get there. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember... Who, who went big for me? I feel like um, but, it was a Giants player. That, did, you, did you have Cox? No. No. Anyway. Um, so, and that was, that was one of my, yeah, 1100 score. I think I, I scored 1100 maybe in the first two weeks of the year. So I yeah. started off. Yeah, round two. Big score. I was pretty optimistic. Yeah, and no, I knocked you off. And I knew you, you were going to be quite strong. Uh, yeah, I had um, I had short on that Sunday afternoon as well, Jim. He scored 136. That's yeah, sort no, of, yeah, in front. But, uh, yeah, um, that was probably the win of my year. Mm. And what about you, Locke? Did you have a, a favourite W? Look, I didn't look at it, but I'm going through the rounds now on my phone, just one, two, three, and they're all very good big wins. Like when you win so much, it's hard to pick one that's just so great. <laughs> Honestly, look, the boys are putting up 1,100 and they can't beat me. So I'm not sure, Jim. They're all pretty good wins, to be honest. I haven't found one yet that's been tight. Probably I beat, I beat Dobber in, it might have been the first, by around 835 to 815. Mm. Might, as, might be as close as you're going to get it in round 12. Um, and then I beat him in finals as well. You know, probably favourite win is round 13. When I scored 1,023 and Hicksie scored 485. <laughs> 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 so I remember looking back and going, that is just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, it is just ridiculous. That one actually, I do remember that win because it was just so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we got something out of that. Um, and a question for the both of you. And I know, Crawley, you've sort of already answered this with a level of confidence, but I'm interested in what you're thoughts after draft night were, whether you thought you had a, a premiership contending team or, um, you know, whether you thought you might struggle. How, how, how are we feeling after draft night? Well, I was – what happened draft? I think I got COVID that week of draft night, so I couldn't come to the draft. Yeah, you were missing And I had no idea what you guys were doing with the lottery picks and picking. And I ended up getting pick 11. And it was a no-brainer for me, honestly. I picked Lockie Neal there and I got – my team right now is pretty much the team I drafted. So I think I got I picked up Sinclair, I got Sicily who I wanted, got Lockie Neal, yeah, got Cicely Dunkley really awesome. early as well. Lipinski, and I was really hot on Rioli and Degoe as well. So I got everyone that I really liked. And I got Kelly, so I had a solid midfield. So the real the only weakness I really had was my two midfield spots where I was playing McGrath and Sarong, who've actually stuck in the team the whole year. But I was quite confident that if those picks like Sinclair and Lipinski and Rioli had the years that I thought they would, that I'd be in with a shot. And they did. They all have averaged over 90. Sinclair's been unreal for me. Yeah, I was going to um, say, Sicily, like pick is unreal. Like, to yeah. me, that came out of nowhere. And, like, I, I, I didn't oh, see that. Um, 
Yeah, just incredible. He's had an unreal year. Yeah, no, I was hot on him through my research before the draft, so I knew I wanted to pick him up late. Uh, I think I, I probably did take him overcoming as well. He's probably my second defender to take him. Mm. But yeah, he's, I didn't. No one. I don't think anyone could have guessed he was going to be this good. Yeah. You know, I just thought he'd be over ninety, near a hundred, but he's one hundred and thirteen. Incredible. Um, yeah, he's pretty much yeah. top ten average, I believe. But I always just thought of Sinclair. I, I'm sure in the last year he probably moved to half back a little bit. But I always thought of him as like sort of guy who was like half forward in and out of the team. Um, so I completely missed mm. the fact that he's like this elite ball winning distributor off half back. Yeah. Um, that was a great pick. Yeah, what yeah and, and honestly, what, another one, one more, the big Nank averaging 98 for the whole season. I had him last year and he was not that great, but this year he's just been unbelievable. He had I've a just flipped it. I remember the year where he was going bananas, like 120 plus. Oh, I remember I remember Levers giving it to me last year having Nank in my team. And <laughs> I think there was just, there might have been a spike pick in the draft. I'm like, no, I'm going to back this bloke in. I'm going to have him another year. <laughs> Well, there was a period this year where he averaged, I reckon he would have a five-hour average of 120. I'm surprised he's averaging 98. I thought it would have been a bit higher than that because, yeah. Yeah, he no, he had, he had a 40 the other week. Yeah. Yeah, he got injured a few weeks. He's been playing a bit forward lately, which is hurting. Yeah, score. yeah. Is that what you're hoping for? Is that what you're telling yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no, I must admit, we'll, we'll probably get to that later in the pod, but that is one player that I'm pretty nervous about this week. Because they're they're playing the Hawks Richmond, and the Hawks ruck stocks a pretty shit house. Uh, I think Ron Marshall a couple of weeks ago against the Hawks, as when he had like the big one seventy. Oh, yeah. So the rucks typically pig out against Hawthorne. So I'm pretty nervous about Nang. I'm hoping he plays more forward because if he spends a lot of time in the mid, he'll score a big hundred. I reckon. Is that is that the, so. is that your biggest sort of worry player in terms of you know going above and beyond what they? normally do horse from Crawley's team? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dunkley's a bit of a worry coming up at 150 in terms of a guy who can like, you know, like score over 150 and really put you on the back foot. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you're probably going to get from like your Neils and Kellys. Um, but yeah, Nank, Nank's a guy who could swing it. And that, that game's, I think, Sunday Arvo. So yeah, that could that could be a clincher late. Mm. Um Crawley, is there anyone on the horses team that you're a bit nervy about? I'm not going to lie, I haven't, I haven't even looked at horses team. I'll pull it up right now. Just quickly, uh, just Crawley got Sinclair with pick 179. That's ridiculous. Oh. If we do, if we yeah, do the uh, Australian team, I think Sinks might have to see next to him. Mm. That's, I got that's him, mate. It really paid dividends. But honestly, that's what I said. My team has not changed since I've drafted it. I think I drafted every player that is playing the team bar from Swallow this weekend. So that's you. Obviously, you can win it. You draft um, for horses team. Oh, I don't. Know, took, I mean, took got tagged last week. He's got Geelong this weekend. So we'll see if O'Connor goes. Is O'Connor playing? Happy, I haven't O'Connor's even been dropped. Which I'm happy about. Ooh, so you would be happy about that. Yeah. Um, Shorty's always solid. I mean, Cameron at Sydney, but. We'll see. Grund- Grundy's not playing, right? I've dropped him. Yeah. Um, Sardi. I don't know. There's yeah, a few. There's no one. Sard, Sard's what hurt me last week. Well, I mean, my own team hurt me, but Sard getting 130-odd <laughs> was painful. <laughs> Is that against the Lions yeah, as well? 
Uh, sure. He played the Lions last week. Yeah, yeah playing. Yeah, playing he's playing on Cameron. Game. Yeah. So, uh, nah, Took Miller. Obviously, Took can pop off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Riley O'Brien against North as well. Yeah. Ruckman, weirdly, Ruckman seemed to play okay against North, even though they've got Goldie there. Yeah. So. All right. Um, we'll, we'll keep moving. Um, do you have any great waiver pickups that you're pretty happy with? Throughout the year, or I mean, Crawley, you drafted a good teams, and you've already said your team's pretty much the same. So I'm not sure if there's big any any big waivers for you. No, well, I'll go yeah. first thing is they've I've literally got Swallow, David Swallow got one thirty for me last week. It was a pickup from the waivers, mm. and then I've got Richards Cunnington on my bench at other two, and that's it. Did Swallow um, was that was he part of your scoring eleven last week? Yeah, and you picked him up like last week before that game. No, I picked him up earlier in the season. Oh. I've had him for a few weeks now. But he's the rest of them I drafted. So Swallow was one of the pickups. Um, yeah. yeah, that's it. I'm not even sure who I played throughout the season that got me the win. I'm sure a few people came in through the midfield and down back maybe. But, yeah, no one really. Awesome. Yeah, Errol. No, sorry. He was a draft. Uh Wave a pick up Darcy Cameron. He, he honestly probably carried me to a top four spot uh, when I had like quite a few guys. I think Dust, when Dusty went out, my forward line was pretty depleted and brought Cameron in. And between round seven to 15, had a lowest score of 90 with 600s. So he um scoring at a primo level for me in the forward line, which which was massive. Yeah. Um, uh, I, was, I was surprised because I think. I remember he scored like 200s or something and on the Monday morning I was looking at I was like, oh, someone's 100% going to pick him up. And I was towards the t- – I think I was like second or third on that stage. I thought, oh, someone's definitely going to mm. pick him up in the waiver. Uh, and somehow he, uh, no one did and he slid to me, which I was very happy with and he proceeded to um, score very well. Uh, and did, but just on the dra- my draft as well, quickly, Jim, uh, outside of Took, uh, who I took a pick four, my second pick was Dusty. <laughs> which was terrible. Mm. He played he played eight games and averaged 87. Ouch. And my third pick was Whitfield, who Ouch. played 16 games and averaged 86. And that, that's factoring in, uh, I think he scored 130 last week. So my picks two and three were very, very disappointing. Um, mm. So I did he, take a few. Uh, Whitfield's few been since, since the... Uh, since the change of coach, Whitfield's come back strong. I think his role's changing since yeah, change he's, changed yeah, since Liam Cameron's come back. But he's he's almost been like literally almost bench worthy at times. He, yeah, like, yeah. first half of yeah, consistently. Um, but I got I got Errol Goulden at pick one forty four. That was probably my most savvy sort of late round uh, pick up. He's averaged sort of 90 and uh, can bob up for 100 here and there. So, uh, he, yeah, he's done a pretty good job for me. Yeah. No, good. Um, so, no stranger to a bit of daft drafters success, you two. You've, you've obviously both been in the past two grand finals. Um I'm thinking our listeners would be keen to know what, what your secrets are. What, got any tips for your fellow TDD super coaches out there? Uh, for me, I'd say you, you just got to stay in the hunt, boys. I mean, at, at, at times you might think your team's going pretty shit and 
you, like for those boys, yeah, your team probably was pretty shit. But you just got to stay in the hunt. Anything can happen. Going into the final series, I would have been pretty rank outside and make the granny, I reckon. My team's pretty pretty custard. But anything can happen. So the tips to the the, uh, the, the other drafters in the, in the league uh, is just, yes, uh, stay the course. Um, you know, keep plugging away. We, trying to bank wins early is, is really big. Um, so, yeah, you really need to be switched on the start of the year. You don't want to be sort of like chasing tail later in the year to to try uh, make wins. It was a bit easy this year with the top eight, which I quite liked, where you sort of got rewarded for making top four with the double chance and then also involved more people in the final series in general. I thought that was a nice addition this year. Um, so, yeah, just, just stick at it, boys. Uh, good. Wise words. Yeah, no, Grandfather. Oh, horse is right. I remember Shero last year. He started maybe 0 and 5 or 0 and 6. He ended up making finals with a great team, just picking up people up off the waivers. So if you stick with it, um, I don't know, just don't be a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> it's not hard to be honest. <laughs> like, it, it's maybe listen to a couple of podcasts. All you need is about five hours of research when you sort it. Make a little cheat sheet, listen to some podcasts beforehand like the week before leading up to the draft just do a little bit of research it doesn't take long i mean one less date with your girlfriend during the week or you know what just get rid of your girlfriend altogether (laughs) um it's and if you can't win it at your draft i mean i might be the exception to the rule this year but you can't win it at the draft but you can lose it so just do your research at the draft and you should be all right. And then much to horses point, stick with it throughout the year. Beauty. Wise words from King Crawley, the self-proclaimed face of the league. How to win super coach. Don't be an idiot. Get rid of your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also maybe have a little bit a bit, a bit of bitterness. Um <laughs> throughout the year as well. Just a chip on the shoulder. Normally, I'd I'd like to be in horses spot, you know, the the underdog. But uh, yeah, back against the wall, good place to be. Yeah, yeah, oh, much nicer. Like good to hear. Good to hear. Um, now I've got a bit of a question for you here. Um, so for the past two years, the league hasn't had a single team to team trade. Do we have an issue there? <laughs> oh, now we're getting into the politics. Yeah, we, we've got a ma- we've probably got a massive issue this year. Again, my team, like, there's no one honestly. I didn't need to trade this year. Uh, so probably, Horse, you can probably talk more to this. But, yeah, it is – There's, I don't know what it is. People just don't want to trade. But there are probably trades to be had. Um, if you've got excess, I had excess forwards this year. But maybe we increase the number of players you have to increase more trading because everyone's got players that average over 100. Uh, throughout their squad, so they don't want to give up too many. But yeah. I would like to see some more trading, Jim. If you're not trading, you're not playing is my thought. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. what might help, Jim, is if you kick out George Stewart because he's setting a bad precedent of uh, putting out ridiculous trades and people are just losing interest off the back mm-hmm. of that because mm-hmm. they're just saying stuff you, that's ridiculous. So... <laughs> Uh, Stewie needs to pull his head in or get out of league um, and that might inspire some people to do a bit more trading but it sort of comes down to no one wants to be on the raw end of the trade that's sort of like the issue a little bit that, I mean that's sort of my mentality you know, a lot of others, you know, you're always worried you're going to be the person who loses out on a trade 
Mm. Uh, but I guess people just need to be a bit more um, you know, risky and sort of take the chance that they might lose out on it, but they could also um, win out and that could be the difference between you know, them winning or losing a, a final or a grand final even. What, what do you think yeah, of that- um, incentivising team-to-team trades with, you know, and, and this can be brainstorming, it doesn't have to be exactly this, but say, for example, if you don't make any team-to-team trades at all for the year, you're ineligible to win prize money, something like that. I'm not sure anyone should be forced to trade, Jim. I mean, you're more of a – it's not really a commissioner, are you? You're more of a dictator. So <laughs> we might have to win. <laughs> But it's, it's sort of like, I guess it's also that when you're so good like me, you, and horse, people always think they're going to get the raw end of the deal in the trade mm. just because they're outsmarts. Because we've – the horse and I especially have been proven to be the best in the league. So everyone thinks they're going to lose in a trade to us. So it's just hard personally for me to get a trade through. Um, I don't know about you, horse, but uh, that's a big issue I have. I'm, I'm probably in a worse spot because I've got the reputation without the without the results to back it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've been on a slow path <laughs> of repairing your image, Jim, after the, after the first season. Crawls, I don't know if Crawls wasn't in the league then. Jim came in, everyone's thinking, gee, this bloke, uh, big deal, you know, commissioner, side of the league, he's going to dominate. And I think he came second last, was I? Oh, <laughs> I think he took, he took Devin Smith with like his second pick. <laughs> <laughs> Dev Smith was going to average 100 that year if it wasn't for his days. <laughs> So, oh, that's yeah. funny. I did. I had the same thoughts, and then Jim's actually done done well this year, which is all right. Mm. But um, I was thinking, God, I thought he'd be better than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, well, he's he's knocked on the door twice now. He's just run into you know pretty formidable coaching myself, you know, two years in a row, which is pretty unlucky. Um, you haven't touched on that. Yeah, You've beaten me in prelims twice in a row now. Oof. Yeah, that's well, yeah. Um, all I can say is I hope you don't run into me next year, Jim. Hmm. <laughs> but it was funny, Jim. Uh, on the last weekend when I beat you, I was thinking because I remember on the draft night, I we were drafting one after each other, and I took Adam Saad, and then you took uh, George Hewitt the next pick. And I remember I was so dirty at the time, and then Hewitt went on to Sorry, average like George 100 and Stewart. <laughs> oh no, no, George, uh, George Hewitt, yeah, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, and Hewitt was dominating. To be fair, Saad had a pretty good year too. He's averaged like 100, but obviously would have rather Hewitt. But funny enough, Hewitt doesn't play, uh, is injured for the prelim against me, and then Saad scores 136. <laughs> I saw so, the irony in that as well. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was funny. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's um, good. All right, so my next question Um is going to be related to what you guys are going to do with the money if you win. And I asked you guys this last year. So before I get your answer, I just wanted to play play you guys, horse your answer from last year's podcast. Can we put it all into Bombers to win the 2022 April Premiership? <laughs> we're, probably, we're probably not that good odds anymore. We're probably, what, four or five bucks for next year. but. You know, I'll put put four hundred bucks into that, and that's a pretty handy investment. So I'll probably take along those lines, Jim. 
So, <laughs> re- reflecting on that call, uh, are, are you revising how you might spend the money if you if you win this year? Ah, uh, gee, the odds would be even better for us next year, won't they? I might even have to look at <laughs> Maybe just a top eight or something. No, I'll probably increase my gambling um if if i can uh if i can win the prize money i can sort of up 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 the stakes there a little bit uh do enjoy doing a little bit of a punt on the weekend um if we do get i think i also mentioned last year that if we can get a little party super coach and year party which um this year we hopefully can uh orchestrate later in the year um you know put something towards that and, and bring something along so maybe uh something along the lines of that again this year if i can uh get the chocolates well, thanks for joining me, fellas. Um, it's been good to chat to you. Thanks. Thanks for having me on again, Jim. Always a pleasure. Yeah, good to be here again, Jim. I'll see you next year, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, well um, yeah, should we, should we book this in for next year as well? Just, just so <laughs> you can it Pop it in the calendar. What is it? What is it? August 10th, August 11th. Book her in. Keep, yeah. yeah, keep it free. All right. Rest <laughs> up. Go well. Thanks, boys. Good luck, Crawls. All the best. You too, horse. Go to chauvinists. So there you have it. That was my conversation with your 2022 The Daft Drafters Grand Finalists, Lachlan Crawley and William Horsfall. Good luck to both coaches this weekend. We'll all be following along with great interest, I'm sure. Honestly, the thought of either one of you Muppets winning the Premiership fills me with rage, so I'm not sure who to back in this one. I do just hope it's a tight encounter. We then look beyond this weekend to our end-of-season shindig, which we'll look to start organising in the coming days. Um, Whispers of a day at the ponies are floating around, so keep your ears to the ground for more info on that. Until then, hooroot. goes out to like the the Hicksies and the the bakers of the world who throw the towel. Hey, there's no need to make no need to call people out. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Jim, like, maybe cut that out. I feel bad now. Uh, <laughs> but.